0: Hey, Jay Calloway here, Pastor of the Gate, and I want to welcome you to the crowd to core weekly podcast, where you can learn to walk in faith, favor, and a future that is out of this world. Our prayer for you today is that you will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name as you continue in this adventure from the crowd of the world into the core of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hope you enjoy the message. Uh, Hey, listen, this is a big day, too, because today is the day we launch uh, we launch out and start our uh, year-end offering, and I am so excited about it. This year, we're calling it the X Factor offering because, well, you know, we've been talking about the X Factor of gratitude, and um, the X Factor of gratitude is generosity. We give. We don't call it thanks taking. We call it Thanksgiving. Uh, we talk all the way about that if you give, it will be given back to you, um, that when, a grain, of a, or when a, a, wheat, a grain of wheat falls to the ground, it must die. There's sacrifice to it and all of that, and every year at this time, on this Sunday, Thanksgiving Sunday, we always launch our uh, year-end offering, and we just believe God is doing a great thing. We believe that hundreds and hundreds of you out there are going to even just start tithing, just being a part of the kingdom of God and just taking that top first 10% that's already his and launch out on that. And then also then there's going to be as many, if not more, that are going to go over and above. And that's what our year-end offering is all about, is doing the over and above. Vicki and I, for years and years, have taken this moment in time. And while we have tithed our entire married life, even when we were teenagers, We gave and we would always tie. That was never an issue in our life. But then we would go and we would start giving extra at the end of the year. And so I want to encourage you today to make plans. I believe that uh, the the big day that we're going to just say, hey, everybody give is going to be uh, the uh, Christmas Sunday, Uh, just a challenge. I think that is uh, December the 19th. I think it is something right around in there. We'll get you all the information on that. But plan now. What am I going to do? How much am I going to give over and above what I normally do? Maybe you're sitting there going like, you know, I've been thinking about this tithing thing. I've been thinking about what all of this is about. And I just really need to—I I need to just l- jump in on that, and we want you to be a part of it. You can see on the on the screen there. You can go in and, and just go go to um, thegateonline.net/giving, and it will bring up a screen that you will ha- learn all about it and be able to be a part of this uh, this uh, year-end offering. It's going to be uh, exciting. It's going to be amazing, and I believe that as you are faithful in generosity, your, your, uh, your gratitude will explode in a mighty way because generosity is the x factor it is that that each I, I guess if you want to call it that i don't even know if that's right, that's what i even should say but it is that that one component to keeping our gratitude in check to making sure that we're staying thankful is that when we give out even given our finances so it's gonna be a great time well hey listen how many of your bibles with you say yes if you don't say oops Turn in your scripture with me, if you would, uh, to Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. And we're going to be talking about this as we've been camping on Deuteronomy 8 and 18, as we've been talking about this idea of the X factor to gratitude. And I want to just bring about what, and just kind of remind you from what we did last week in Deuteronomy 8 and 18, it says, but remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. I want you to think about that for a moment, that we are to remember God. And I talked about that last week and in making sure that we remember him in everything we do, that we don't take it on ourselves and say, Hey, I'm doing this myself. But I want to take a moment and look at the next part of that. It says, remember God. Yes. But he also says, remember him, for it is he who gives you the ability. I want you to turn somebody right next to you and say, hey, you've got the ability. You've got the power. I, I remember in our celebration service a couple of weeks ago, when I launched this whole thought, I, I turned to everybody and say, um, just look at him and go, I've got the power. <laughs> and, and you remember the old song. And I just didn't challenge you to go and turn to somebody and say that. But that word power actually means ability. It is that he gives you the capacity, he gives you the ability, he gives you this idea that you're able to work in and be a part of and and have that ability to produce wealth. In other words, it's your ability, but in the reality, it's your responsibility. It is something that you have the responsibility to do, but I gotta be honest. We're living in a day and age when people don't seem to have or want the responsibility on their shoulders. They want somebody else to do it. It's almost as if we're in a done-for-you culture instead of a do-it-myself culture. We always have this DIY do-it-yourself but now we're moved, it's almost as if we go like uh, done for you. In other words, I don't want the responsibility. I don't want the uh, I don't want to be responsible because then if something goes wrong, I'm to blame. That's the reality, but as a child of God, the Lord says, "I want you to walk in my favor in, my fu- in the future, and I want you to walk in the faith, but I want you to take responsibility for who you are, I want you to take responsibility. You were born, now live it. Live it in incredible, incredible ways. And as a child of God, we are called to that every time we proclaim it. So I wanna just challenge you to proclaim it like you mean it and believe it. Take the responsibility to be a child of God and let's say it together like we mean it and believe it. Today I am a child of God. I have faith to move mountains, favor from the king of kings, and a future that is out of this world. My foundation is the word of God. My walk is sure, my talk is confident, my attitude is like Christ. Today I will hear the word of God, today I will do the will of God, today I will be convicted, challenged, and changed in Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe it? Praise God! Turn us into the next. You give him a high five. Say, I believe it for you too. If you're in a hub with us, just go around and high five everybody. If you're all by yourself, just high five yourself and say, I'm believing it for me. I'm taking responsibility for who I am in Christ. Well, listen. I want to just talk to you about that for a moment because in reality, we see this idea of ability and responsibility is just simply the response of our abilities. If you become a father, you have a responsibility to do what you are able to do. If you're a mom, you're a dad, you're an employee, you're a career person, whatever skill set you have, whatever gifting you've been given, you are called by God to enact that. There's a story in the Bible that talks about the man, that, that there were three men that were given these talents. And in this idea, it was money. But in in the spiritual realm, it could be money, it could be giftings, it could be talents, it could be time, whatever the case is. One of them was given by the owner of the the land, he was given five talents, and another one was given two, and the last one was given one. And as they went through, the, the owner of the land said, I'm going away, and when I come back, we'll see how you did. Well, he came back and he found out that the five, he went out and he invested those talents and he worked them and he did the best he could with them and he doubled them. He went from five to 10. And the Bible says that the, that the owner comes back and says, you have done a great thing. No longer do I call you servant. No, no longer do I call you employee, but I call you partner. The same thing happened with the one who had two. The one who was given two talents, two two um, giftings or whatever the case might be in your, in your the way that we're telling this story, he, he, all of a sudden he goes out and he invests it too. He invests those talents, he invests all that he has, and he doubled them as well, and we went from two to four. Now the one who had five had 10, the one who had two had four, but their reward was exactly the same. They both became partners in the business. The owner of the land says, I'm not only going to, I'm not going to call you servant anymore or employee. I'm going to make you a partner. But then there was that one and that one, he comes up to him and he says, so what did I, what'd you do with your one talent? And he goes, oh, Master. Oh, boss. hey boss, I just want you to know, I knew you were a hard boss. I knew that every time you turn around, you're creating something big out of nothing. You're a hard master. You're somebody that doesn't put up with anything and you have no margin. So I was afraid and I just took and I buried my talent. I just put it down and I buried it and I didn't do anything with it. And if you read that scripture, if you read that, there is a harsh word that the boss comes out with. Now in this parable, we see that 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 boss or that leader, that that owner of the land is representative of God. And he literally looks at the man who says to him, I knew who you were and I knew that you were a hard master and that you expected great things. So I was afraid and I put it down. I, I buried that talent. And the master looks at him and says, get out of here. He calls the other servants and says, take him out. And strip him down of nothing and throw him out to those that are around and let, them, let, him be ready, uh, let him be just eaten by the wolves. And I'm thinking, that's pretty harsh. But one thing we find out is God does not expect you to delegate things that he wants you to do. He doesn't expect you to delegate out or to, to, to let somebody else handle things. He doesn't expect you to shirk your responsibility. You see, we see in this, in, in this realm that we have a responsibility. No one wants the responsibility to educate or dis- be have discipline or getting growth. We just want to sit back. A few weeks ago, as we were in our celebration service, we had a, dan- a, a worship dance to the, wor- to the song Wait. Wait. A wait on you, and one of our GLC students, Sophia, came out with an incredible word as she shared that word. Wait it doesn't mean just sit on your buck on your butt and just wait for God to show up, or just wait for your ship to come in, or wait to do that. No, that word wait is where we get from a waiter or a waitress that they come and serve you, as that we will go out in the way in in the moments and the times that we're wanting God to show up. He's saying, I want you to serve me. You are responsible. You see, we see this idea in our own human spirit that we don't want the responsibility. We want to shirk the responsibility. We see it in Adam blaming God for the woman he gave him because he did not take the responsibility to push back the enemy. We see it in Cain and killing his brother because he had a better sacrifice. And when God asked him, where is your brother? He says, am I my brother's keeper? Am I responsible for my brother? We see it in Peter when he denied being the best friend uh, of Jesus and that Jesus was his Lord and Savior. He goes, I don't know him. I'm not responsible for anything that you see here. And the reality is, is that in, both, in all three cases, we see sin come into the world, we see a, a murder come into the world, and we see a denying of, of our responsibility to be a child of God. You see, the outcomes of dodging a responsibility are blame, criticism, and murder. Blame in the idea of saying, oh, look, it's their fault. It's my mom and dad's fault. The way I am this way, it's the culture's fault. And we're going to have the blame game and expect everybody else to be responsible for our own actions. And yet the word of God is very clear that our actions, we are responsible for our own actions. That's criticism. In fact, if we don't want to be responsible for things, and we'll just criticize everybody else and what they're doing. We'll criticize the, the, the way things are. We don't like it that way, so we're going to go and find some other way to do it. We don't like the way things are being, and we don't like the way God does things, just like Adam. God, I didn't like, you, you know, you're, it's who you gave me. You gave me my mom and dad. You gave me my wife. You gave me my husband. You gave me these kids. And it's not my fault that they're not, they're not paying attention. It's not my fault that they're doing this. In reality, the Bible says this, he gave you the ability to produce. He gave you... The ability, he didn't produce it for you. He's not going to do these things for you. It's your responsibility. In fact, in Galatians, the sixth chapter and verse five, it says that for each one will bear his own load. It's interesting that we see this because in that passage of scripture, we see at one moment, it says there bear one another's load. In other words, help each other come alongside link it. But at the very end of the thing, it says there that each one should carry his own load. His own burden. Those two words were completely separate. When it says they're to bear one another's load, that load is like a a, a, large, a, a large pack that would be put on a pack animal that you can't carry yourself. And each one of us have walked through times where we can't handle the things that we have. Death may have come in or a, a bad report from the doctor and that we need surgery or we need medicine or we need somebody to come alongside and lay hands on us that God would heal us because we can't handle this on our own. The Bible is very clear that there are things that we go through that we need a way of escape and it's God who makes the way of escape and that we can't deal with it that if any two of you agree as touching any one thing, it shall be done. But there are those moments where it says at the end of that that each one should bear or carry his own load. And that word load there, that word burden that it talks about, it's talking about like a knapsack or a backpack that you would normally carry. Now, when I was dating Vicki and and we would be at school, I would immediately look at her and say, here, let me carry your books. That was kind of a chivalrous thing that I would wanna do. To this day, I still carry Vicky's books. I still grab her thing. She'll sometimes, when we're leaving the house for the office or we're going out, she'll look and she'll say, she'll go, where's my bag? And I said, oh, I've already put it in the car for you. I got it ready. And that's just my love for her. But she can carry it herself if she needed to. It's just a light load. But then there are those times where we're going on a longer trip, and she's got a a suitcase, and I'm just going to kind of tell on her a little bit we were just on a trip, and we had to unpack her suitcase of a few things because it was so heavy that they wouldn't even let it on the airline until we unpacked a few things. Those are times that we need each other's help, but there's those others that we need to be responsible for our own thing. You need to be responsible as a mom and dad to raise your children in the way that they should go. You don't expect, you don't just let other people raise your children. You need as a mom and a dad to speak into their life. I was listening to somebody the other day and they were talking about the difficulties that they have gone through and the the hardships and they're in their their early 30s or so and, and they were talking about the difficulties in their relationships. And the interviewer asked him, well, what would, you, what would you go back to at that age of seven or eight or even younger, or, or maybe into just the early stages of your childhood? Is there something you could go back to, to, to kind of point to, that would say, I, I wasn't able to have the kind of relationships I've wanted immediately, without hesitation, my father was absent. And I thought to myself, in fact, as I was listening to it, I went, bam, there it is right there. You see, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 5.8 that uh, that anyone who does not provide for his own family and especially for those in his household, he, sh- he has denied the faith. Can I tell you that God is saying to each one of us that there are things that you need to have, that you need to have inside of you that you can't delegate out to others. You can't delegate out. The responsibility you have for your spouse. You can't delegate out the responsibility that you have for your children. You can't delegate out that responsibility that you have to stand before the King of Kings. You can't have a proxy stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and accept your salvation for you. You see, this isn't your mom or your dad's salvation. It isn't your mom and dad's church or your mom and dad's religion or your mom and dad's society. This is your church, this is your religion. This is your society and you have a responsibility to step up and do those things because you can't blame other people. In fact, you can't even blame your parents for the mistakes or the addictions that you're in. The Bible is very clear on this. He's given you the responsibility. So maybe your dad wasn't, wasn't there when you were growing up. Maybe you had a horrible childhood. Maybe you had a blessed and, and privileged childhood and there was, they didn't never make you do anything. And then all of a sudden, you get into life and you're like, whoa. Nobody's calling and waking me up in the morning. I've got to get up on my own. I've got to set the alarm for myself. I've got to be responsible for myself. I've got to do my own homework. I've got to be able to have the skills and learn in all of these things. You see, the Bible says in Job 19 and four, even if I truly error, the error lodges with me. In other words, own it, make the decision. Make the decision to get married and then own that marriage. Make the decision to have children and then own having those children. Own those those children in the ideas that you're going to care for them and love them and say, those are my kids, that's my family, this is my church, this is my community, this is my world, this is where I'm at and I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna say, as for me and my house, We're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to make a decision. And once that decision is made, I'm going to own it. I'm going to be responsible for it. If he's given you the response or given you the ability to produce wealth, to produce those things inside, to produce a family, to produce a job, to produce all of these, then at one point when you take that on and that ability and you decide and you enact that, then you need to be responsible to own it, even if it was a bad choice, even if it was a mistake. So many times I see people that have been addicted to, uh, to drugs or addicted to different things or, or making bad choice after bad choice after bad choice and they constantly want to blame someone else. It's only when you decide that this is your life, it is only when you decide that this is your destiny. It's only, it's not, we don't say today, I am a child of God for someone else. I don't say I am a child of God for my kids. My kids have to be responsible to become a child of God for themselves. We don't, God doesn't say I'll be, I will be the child for you. I will do all of that for you. He says here, this is the way I want you to live. I want you to be responsible. In fact, even in the mistakes that we make, Deuteronomy the 24th chapter basically says, fathers shall not be put to death for their sons nor shall sons be put to death for their fathers. Everyone shall be pay the price or be put to death for his own sins. In other words, it is the Bible, it is in in Romans, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You're not going to pay for your neighbor's sins. You're not going to pay for your father's sins or your mother's sins. You're not going to pay for the mistakes that the previous generation made. And the, pre- and the next generation is not going to pay for the mistakes you make. You're simply going to stand before God in the way that you lived. Almost every single funeral I ever do, I share with people this one fact. That life is made up in three things. We're born, we live, and we die. It's that simple. In fact, I always tell Vicki, hey, listen, you know what, as far as I'm concerned, when I die, just put me in a gunny sack or in a pine box and throw me underneath, you know, th- throw me in a hole in a, in a, at the bottom of an apple tree and let me just fertilize that apple tree. Because you see, reality is this we're all going to live, we're all going to be, but bo- we've all been born and we're all going to die. The Bible is very clear that it says there in Hebrews that it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. We don't have a choice in our death and we don't have a choice in our birth. But the one thing that we do have a choice in is how we live. And we need to live responsible. We need to live with the amazing reality that God so thought thought so much of you that he put an ability in you. He put an ability in you to wake up every single morning and to go to bed every single night. Every single morning you wake up and you're able to get there and become productive. To be so productive that when you go to sleep at night, he, you could ask God, is it okay if I go to sleep? And he says, yes, you have permission to go to sleep because you did everything I said for you to do. We, are, we have been called to be responsible, not to be like Adam, to blame God for all the things around us. Not to be like Cain, to sit back and say, am I my brother's keeper? Am I responsible for the society that I'm in? Am I responsible for the school system? Am I responsible for the corporate? Am I responsible for the job? Am I responsible for the church? Am I responsible? And the list could go on and on and on. Simply, Cain was just there. He just wanted to live his own life. And when he got upset, he wanted just to remove who he was upset with. That meaning his brother. Just remove the, the, the distraction. Remove the irritation. Just get rid of it. And what happens when we do that is we get, a, we get murder. We get things like abortion. We get things like euthanasia. We get things like just killing and, and, and wars and everything else that comes in simply because we don't want to be bothered with responsibility. We see it in King Herod. When he walked in and found out that there was a king being born, it was cramping his style. The kings come in as we're getting ready to celebrate the birth of Christ. The star was in the sky. The kings were coming from the east, and they find King Herod, and he tell, and they say to the King, "Where is the king that has been born this baby king? Where's the?" at? And, and Herod gets all upset. He gets consumed, and he gets concerned. He didn't want to have the responsibility of realizing what the Word of God says. He just wanted to eliminate. The irritation, he wanted to eliminate that was around him. When you live with the lack of responsibility, you will eliminate whatever is in your way Cramping your style doing whatever you will walk away from your marriage. You will walk away from your children You will walk away from your job. You will walk away from all of it and abort the whole thing And that's what happens in our society when we live in a society that doesn't want to take responsibility for themselves We live in a society of abortion, aborting dreams and aborting children and aborting marriages and aborting churches and aborting uh, destinies. All of these things simply because we don't want to take the responsibility. So just like Cain, we have to remove that which reminds us of our responsibility. But God says this, you are responsible. I've given you a destiny. You are my child. I've put it in you. I've given you the ability to produce. I've given you the ability to latch on to that dream. I've given you the ability. Will you take it and be responsible for it? Oh, can I tell you, that is the greatest thing that could ever happen in your life, is for you to have the realization that God's thought so much of you, that he put a special ability in you, to produce an incredible dream that would provide wealth, health, all of that for those around you, for the generations to come and to come and to come and to come. Oh, can I tell you, it doesn't matter what happened in the past. It doesn't matter where you walk from. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks, if there are a side of the tracks anymore that you were born on. It doesn't matter what color of skin, what level of education. It doesn't matter what you have in the bank. It doesn't matter any of that. Equally and, and, and right through in all these areas that God caused you to be born, he says this, I have given you the ability. Now take it and run with it. Run with what I have given you and I will clear the path. What you cannot do on your own, I will do. But what you can do on your own, I will expect you to do. And when the load gets too heavy, I will bring a group of people. I will bring somebody alongside of you to help you carry the load. But the load that you can carry yourself, I expect you to. And that's what God has for each one of us. And today I want to encourage you. The best way and the quickest way to realize that is just to commit your life to Christ. And to say, I am yours, oh Lord. I am your child and you are my father. And I want to invite you to pray that prayer with me today. If you are here today and you're saying, you know what? I want to take on the responsibility of being a child of God. I want to take on the responsibility of my future. I want to take on the responsibility of the faith. I want to take on the responsibility of the favor of God that he puts on me. If that's you today, just pray this prayer with me, would you? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. For you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You have given me the ability. Today, I take on the responsibility to enact all that you have called me to do. I will walk with you. I will talk with you. For you are the Son of God. And I declare and proclaim, confess and believe that God raised you from the dead. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe today that you have become a child of God, that God has given you an amazing ability inside to do all that he's called you to do, and he's resourced you with that. And we're part of that resource. And we want you to know that Vicki and I, we're praying for you, we believe in you, and we know that God has a great thing in store for you. So let's walk it together, amen? We believe that God is just running all through you and in you. And we believe that you, he has given you the ability and you're taking the responsibility. And as we go forward, we just want, to, we want to you to know, Vicky and I, we are praying for you. We are believing for you and excited. And we're praying a blessing over you for this Thanksgiving day that you would have an opportunity to share the love of Christ with all that are around and all that you know i want to invite you now just to stretch your hand forward toward me and i want to bless you i bless you now in your families your finances and your friendships i bless you in your families that your marriages would be lighthouses in your neighborhood and all around in your families and that your children would be blessed to the thousandth generation as you raise them in the ways that they should go according to the word of god i bless you now in your finances that you would have more than enough to pay your bills pay them on time an incredible margin to advance in generosity the kingdom of God according to biblical stewardship. I bless you now in your friendships, that you would be the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, that that you would be an influencer in this world and not be influenced by it. Now go in Jesus' name and be a blessing. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. God bless you and have a great, great day. Hey, thanks so much for joining us for the Crowd Decor podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life and believe that as you are on this adventure from the crowd of the world into the court of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, you are finding faith, favor, and a future in Him. And listen, we are so excited to launch our brand new X Factor year end offering, and we want to invite you to be a part of that. This offering is what we do every single year, at the end of the year, just to give thanks to God. It's our X Factor, our generosity, as we've been sharing. And we just ask you right now to go to thegateonline.net slash giving. And there you can be a part of what God is doing in advancing the kingdom. We thank you so much for being a part of us. Join us in our year-end offering. Join us as we go and advance the kingdom, and we do it together from the crowd of the world into the court of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Blessings on you all. Have a great, great day.